Welcome to All Places Together. Here we believe that our stories are connected to one another and rooted in God's radical love for diverse creation. Wherever you are, whoever you are, however you are, take a deep breath. Get ready to mix it up. Mixtape Volume 4 at the table is ready for you. we have read together stories about powerful interactions that Jesus had at tables. Jesus met his friends, disciples, strangers, and sometimes even his enemies at tables. Each interaction showed us one way that Jesus loves the people of the world, wherever, whoever, and however they are. These stories from the Bible are so powerful. Yet, Jesus doesn't stop showing up at tables. Jesus has been at infinite tables throughout time and space. When we say a blessing for a meal, Jesus is there. When heartaches are shared between friends, Jesus is there. When we read the Bible alone or in a group, Jesus is there. When we plan and organize for justice in our community, Jesus is there. And of course, when we share communion, Jesus is there. Today's mixtape will share table stories from three dear colleagues and friends of mine. In each of them, you'll hear a different way of how Jesus met them, where they were, and how they were. You'll hear how love was multiplied. You'll hear how lives were changed. I've got to be honest, I've got goosebumps just thinking about it. Before you hear these stories, I want to let you all know how I know the people in this episode. Because this episode represents four out of five members of a group that is very dear to me. Tyler, JD, and I, along with another pastor type named Sean, our Seeds Fellows. And Roz is our small group leader. Roz, Tyler, and JD are all voices you'll hear today. The Seeds Fellowship is an opportunity for creative and innovative Christian leaders to grow and learn in a year-long intentional community. Seeds is part of the Faith Lead Initiative from Luther Seminary. The fellowship is a combination of small group meetings on Zoom, large group seminars, and retreats that both happen online and on-site in North Carolina and Arizona. Now, I happen to be the only woman in my small group, and our group is primarily church planters. That is, we are each leading a new Christian community in some form or fashion. However, the larger group of Seeds Fellows includes all sorts of Christian innovators. There are pastors, environmental educators, artists, coaches, and even a professional tap dancer. 
It's by far the most diverse intentional learning community that I have ever been a part of. I have been changed and challenged so much by this group. And I haven't really had the opportunity to introduce any of my SEEDS fellows to anyone else in my life. So I'm so excited that this episode allows me to share the wisdom, faith, and love of this small group with the world. I'm so excited for you, my dear listeners who I care so deeply about, to hear the voices of some other people who are so dear to me as well, folks who have impacted my heart in profound ways. So whether you're sitting at a table now, driving your car, or walking along, I invite you to settle in for the mixtape. We're going to the table with Jesus and some of his friends. The first story is from the childhood of the Reverend Tyler Sitt. Tyler is the pastor and church planter of New City Church located in Minneapolis, Minnesota. New Church is mainly led by queer people of color. Tyler is a second-generation Chinese-American trained community organizer and United Methodist pastor. Tyler shares with us a story from the school cafeteria. So trigger warning if the school cafeteria was a hard place for you growing up, or maybe it's a hard place for you now. With inspiration from God, Tyler was able to be brave in a place that was scary. And while this is a story from his youth, it's a powerful reminder for us all when we are eating in large groups, in fellowship halls, conference center ballrooms, and yes, even school cafeterias. So there I was. Uh, I was in fifth grade in the lunchroom. I was so much uh, shorter than the rest of my class. I'm this Chinese-American kid. Everyone else in Minnesota is like the Svensons and the Jensons and the Johnsons and the Swansons, and they're all like seven feet tall at 10 years old. These are white, blue-eyed beacons of hope. And there I was as a, as a Chinese-American who was super flamboyant. Um, even then, in fifth grade, I knew that I was gay. And um, I got my lunch tray and I looked out across that cacophony of a room and I realized that I didn't have anyone to sit with. And, uh, you know, this is kind of like a a trope of middle school life that uh, when you don't have anyone to sit with and you're kind of figuring it out and there's that inner turmoil. And uh, God gave me a word in in that moment. Um, God said, there are other people who don't have people to sit with either. And uh, together, all of you can come together at the table. 
So I uh, looked around and I uh, uh, asked the people who didn't have anyone to sit with if they wanted to sit with me. And together, uh, I, I made three new friends and we made not just a table of friends together, but the table of friends to be at. We, we brought games to our lunch table. There were cards. There were contests. <laughs> we really did it big. And I think that like each of us had kind of this this sense that like we're going to make our friendships count because uh, this is the table. This is what we have to work with. This is this is the table that we have left. And I don't know, maybe this is idealistic, but I, I think that that's when I first started becoming a church planter, which is to say someone who starts churches uh, for my profession. I, I start communities from the ground up because it's just always so easy to me to not only see um, who isn't welcome at a table or who hasn't found their table yet, but also how the table made of the people who don't have their table yet can actually be the best table. Actually, the place where people are committed to each other and they hold each other, where, where people realize and don't take for granted the value of each other's company. Every marginalized person is in some ways a church planter because we've always had to create communities in societies that weren't built for us. And we've always had to, um, I mean, in some cases, like build tables, <laughs> not, e not even find our own tables, but, but, but build them from scratch um, and create communities of survival. And I think the gospel, the Holy Spirit, is here moving among us, deeply desiring for everyone to be able to find their place at a table. And the Holy Spirit is willing to go to any means necessary to make sure that everyone feels whole in community. And I learned that uh, in fifth grade at that table, and I continue to learn that in each chapter of my life where I am <laughs> somehow or another always going up to people and saying, do you have anyone to sit with? I am confident that you can tell from his voice how much fun Tyler is to sit with at the lunch table. His company is affirming and engaging. And more than that, Tyler speaks to the deep truth and pain of what it is to be left out and to not know where you belong. I know even in adulthood, I continue to have those moments of fear and uncertainty when entering a new space. As we've heard throughout this series, Jesus invites all types of people to the table. His friends, people who are supposed to be enemies, women, and children— Tyler's word from God to make the table is a word that is for all of us. 
We are called to invite people in to make room at the table. We are called to add an extra chair or perhaps pull one away so that a friend who uses a wheelchair can make it in. And at those tables, as we play games, have contests, or simply share our days, God is with us. God is blessing us with hope, comfort, and a more clear idea about what the reign of God looks like. A table with room for all. Thank you, Tyler, for sharing this piece of your childhood with us. May we all be so bold to ask the new person, do you have anyone to sit with? Our second story is from J.D. Larson. Together with his wife, they co-pastor North City Church in North Minneapolis, Minnesota. J.D. is a co-vocational pastor, and he works in real estate and various entrepreneurial endeavors. One of the special things about North City is that it is a church that always gathers around a table, literally. Their worship and community is all centered around a shared meal served at tables. It's called Dinner Church. As you might imagine, during the winter months, North City meets inside. After all, they're in Minnesota. But in the summer, they try to be outside as much as possible, sometimes meeting in local parks. And when you're outside at the park, sometimes you end up in the way, like in the literal way, on the sidewalk, in the grass, or on the playground. JD's story is one about colliding paths in a park and what God can do in those intersecting relationships. Hi, my name is J.D. Larson. I am a pastor of a church in Minneapolis that is a dinner church, which means that uh, our gathering is centered around tables. We have a big uh, community meal open to the neighborhood as our worship gathering every week. And I have so many beautiful stories of what uh, God has done around the table. And I'm happy just to share one. This happened last summer and uh, in Minneapolis in the summertime, we are outside. Doing community dinner is what we call it. Every opportunity that we can when the weather is nice, because you know us Minnesotans, we just... We just cherish our good weather. Um, so there was one such Sunday uh, evening we were outside and I have a big trailer that I pull behind my truck that has all of our equipment for dinner church in it and it was parked in the sidewalk of the park and uh, I noticed this guy on a hoverboard um, come by and stop because the trailer was obstructing his passage on the sidewalk and he threw us uh, some angry glances and then uh, maneuvered his way around and that was the last I thought I would see of that guy. Fast forward a week, a uh, week later we're doing the same thing, community dinner in the park, uh, setting up for it. I glance across the park and I see that guy sitting at a picnic table and uh, he's just staring at us just bewildered like what are these crazy people doing doing setting up this big community dinner, dinner in the park 
what's this all about? These are the same folks who uh, messed with my hoverboard uh, style last week. And I just felt something in my spirit. I felt God saying, hey, go talk to that guy. So I strolled across the park and introduced myself and I said, hey, man, uh, how's it going? I think we were the ones who were blocking your way last week. Sorry about that. Uh, I asked his name. His name was Kyle. And uh, we got into some small talk. I introduced him to the dinner. And the whole time he had this sort of look on his face that was uh, a little bit bewilderment, a little bit shock. And it just didn't seem appropriate to the small talk we were making. So I uh, just felt led to ask a few more questions. I'm like, hey, man, are you are you okay? We were at that point sitting around the table enjoying a burger together. That was what was on the menu for community dinner. And he started to tear up. And I'm like, oh boy, what uh, what's going on here? Then Kyle launched into his story. Kyle, months before that moment, had uh, experienced a significant illness that basically shut down a lot of his body's systems. And he went from a bodybuilder sort of frame of a young guy to paper thin. And even as he was speaking to me across that table, he had only uh, one side of the top part of his body was functioning and he was just pencil thin. And he showed me a picture of what he looked like before and it didn't even look like the same person. And Kyle went, went on to explain that he was in a medically induced coma for six months. Before this point, uh, Kyle had grown up in a Christian family and become an atheist and had completely denied God's existence. And uh, the day he woke up from his coma, he said to me that he remembers weeping and crying out to God and saying, God, you must be real if I survive this. There must be a reason for my existence because he explained the things leading up to that coma or the the choices he was making in his life, um, uh, the kinds of things he was into were not good choices at all. And he saw this as a movement of God in his life to bring him back into relationship with him. And so from that moment forward, he said, God, I believe in you. Uh, but I don't really know what this means and I need you to show up in my life because I don't really know how to interact with you. And so he started listening to Christian radio, uh, which we both had a pretty good laugh about that maybe being a weird first step, but um, he enjoyed some of it. But the reason why he was in tears talking to me at that table is just last week he had been desperately pleading with Jesus in the same vein, like, God, you clearly exist. You saved me for a purpose, but I need you to show up in my life. And then he turned to me across the table and he said, and then you guys were in my way in the middle of the sidewalk. And here you are. And I'm crying because I feel Jesus's love so deeply. I feel like he answered my prayer. And that was the day around the community dinner that we're a part of answering someone's prayer by just being in the way. 
and Cal stung uh, stuck around dinner church for a while, hung out with us, found good Christian community, and then had to move and move on, and we stay in contact with him. But it was just an amazing story of how God used a meal, used that t- table to respond to Kyle's prayer, to reach out to him again, to show his real presence through uh, people who are following Jesus, just showing up and getting in his way. So there's my table story. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to share a story. To be honest, I don't know that I'm ever so kind to people who are in my way as Kyle was to JD. I don't actually know that I would have been brave enough to say like, yes, you were the one who was in my way. But Kyle was both brave and kind. And he was vulnerable. JD asked the deeper, harder question of, are you okay? And Kyle answered honestly from his heart. So often in life, we are busy and focused on what we are doing and where we are going next. If someone or something gets in our way, we just move around and keep going. But JD's story reminds us of the transformation that can happen when we slow down and come together at a table. Now, I have to agree with them. I don't know that Christian radio does a lot for my relationship with God, but time spent sharing stories, our honest pains, and deepest hopes definitely bring us closer to one another and closer to God. JD, thank you for sharing this story. May we also show compassion to those who are in our way like Kyle and invite folks to our tables like you. Today's final story is from Rosario Picardo. He likes to be called Roz for short. Roz is an experienced church planter who has planted and restarted four different congregations. Along with being a church planter, Roz is the author of seven books, consults with church planters from across the country, and serves as dean of the chapel, director of the Poly Leadership Center, and a professor at United Theological Seminary in Dayton, Ohio. Roz was a Seeds Fellow last year, and this year he is a small group facilitator and mentor. In addition to his incredible professional work, Roz is a husband and father to three children. Roz's at-the-table story is a beautiful combination of how our personal and professional lives can intertwine and how we never know who we may meet. As a young church planner right out of seminary, I started with no people, no money, and no facility, but a desire to befriend people on their level and meet them where they're at. I wanted to spend my time in common spaces or what is known as third spaces where people spend their leisure time and relax. So I started to hang out and become a regular at a local coffee shop in my neighborhood. I was instantly struck by the sense of community that was there. There were the regulars who would come in every day and some would stop in multiple times a day for a refill. 
It wasn't just a place where meetings were held or business was done, but this coffee shop represented a melting pot that brought people together from all walks of life. I thought to myself, why can't the church be like this? My initial time spent there was as an observer. Then I started to hold meetings there. And then I began to get to know the regulars. I never led with, hey, I'm a pastor, nice to meet you. But word got out that I was involved in starting this new faith community. And before I knew it, my time was spent listening to others, the grief that they were going through or whatever their problem was. A trust was then built after many months of frequenting this coffee shop. I was accepted by these folks and I received others as well. God showed me that the family of God was much more significant and diverse than I thought it was. And if a coffee shop could model this much hospitality around the table, then the church needed to get to work. So now when I enter coffee shops, I no longer think of them as the same way as just a business, but as a place of belonging and community. After about a year frequenting this coffee shop, I had a meeting uh, with someone from the community. And as soon as that meeting was over with, they were meeting with somebody else. And it just so happened to be my future wife. And that place became a special place for us as we started dating and then got engaged because we actually went back to that same coffee shop to take our engagement photos. So coffee has a special place in our hearts and a lot of those people that we ended up meeting and I ended up meeting at the coffee shop were actually invited to our wedding and joined in on our special occasion. Never would I have thought in a million years that a coffee shop would play that kind of role, not just in experiencing God and in ministry, but also meeting my future wife. One of the powerful parts of Roz's story for me is this reminder that God's love and gifts are in each person. Roz began going to the coffee shop to build connections that might be able to be a part of the church he would plant. And what he found along the way was people who cared about him and these meaningful relationships with folks that would never come to his church, but who would leave a mark on his heart forever. Often in life, we show up to tables thinking about what we can bring to them or thinking about what we need from others at the table, their participation, their support, their resources for our plan. Yet when our hearts are open, 
we can sometimes get a whole new vision, a whole new idea of what God could do, or maybe even just the words of grace we need to make it through the day. Roz, thank you for sharing your story. May we all be encouraged to show up with hearts ready to listen and learn from those in our community while sharing our favorite caffeinated beverage. And with that, our mixtape comes to an end. But this ending comes with an invitation. The All Places Together community is gathering tomorrow night for communion on Zoom, and there is a spot ready for you. The link to sign up is on Facebook or Instagram, and you can also email me at allplacestogether at gmail.com. That's A-L-L-P-L-A-C-E-S-T-O-G-E-T-H-E-R at gmail.com. If you're listening to this later in the week and not on the Sunday it came out and you want to come to the table with All Places Together, there are going to be more ways to do that soon. Check out our social media to learn how you can connect with me and other APT listeners in real time in the month of September and beyond. At whatever tables you find yourself at today, remember that Jesus is there with you. May you feel Jesus's love deep in your bones. And when you leave that table, may you remember that you bring Jesus's love and hope with you into the hurting world. Your voice, your kindness, your invitation to a meal or even coffee is a way of sharing peace. I hope to see you at the table soon. Prayer for the Tables. Inviting God, you are at every table we find ourselves at. When we don't know where we fit, you show us how to build community. When we are searching for answers, you end up in the middle of our path. When we are looking for one thing, you surprise us with another. Even when we are at tables alone, your love, hope, and presence is with us, wherever, whoever, however we are. Amen. Thank you for joining us at All Places Together. If you heard yourself or someone you know in these stories today, we hope you heard God too. Thank you again to Tyler, JD, and Roz for sharing their stories. If you would like to learn more about the Seeds Fellowship, the link will be in the show notes. If you haven't signed up for Zoom Communion, today is your last chance to do so. I'd love for you to join us tomorrow, Monday, August 29th at 7 p.m. We'll gather for a time of sharing our stories, prayer, and communion. The table is open to anyone who wants to come. We'll share communion for those who want to partake 
And if you want to come and not have communion, that's cool too. Your spot is ready. Mother Hen Media Ministries launched this past week, and I'm so glad that y'all who are church leaders have started to find us. Mother Hen Media Ministries is an outreach of all places together that provides social media resources and support for inclusive congregations. The first month of resources for each congregation and ministry is free. So if you are a pastor, deacon, or leader at a congregation and you are looking for social media help, check out Mother Hen. You can find Mother Hen online at allplaces.org slash mother hyphen hen. I know that's a little odd, so it'll be linked in the show notes. And you can also find Mother Hen on social media, both Instagram and Facebook at Mother Hen Media Ministries. The last announcement I want to share is that this will be the last full length episode for a few weeks. Keep checking the podcast feed for updates and some special blessings. And be sure you're following us on social media to know when the podcast will be back in full force. I'm ever grateful to our mission partners, the Virginia Synod, the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, and supporters like you who have already shared generously and continue to share with all places together. Your financial contributions enable this podcast to happen and for the impact of APT to spread. If you've not made a gift before and you'd like to, you can give through our website, allplacestogether.org. Just scroll to the bottom where it says give to all places together. You click that button and you'll be redirected to our giving platform. We know it can be hard to give financially. So don't forget that we celebrate all of the ways you share the stories of all places together with the people in your life and how you engage with me and the wider APT community online throughout the week. If hearing today's stories has reminded you of a meaningful table story with Jesus, I'd love to hear it. You can DM me on social media or email me at allplacestogether at gmail.com. Until next time, remember that God loves you and is with you wherever, whoever, and however you are.